At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? In the Bonus here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast only hour. We got a great lineup for you. Uh, everything's annoying Jason Stewart, so we'll find out what's annoying him. Plus, I'll give you another pick, which... I keep making you guys money. Is anybody going to Venmo me? Literally, go back and track it. The last 15 in the bonuses, I have given 15 college basketball picks. I have hit on 14 of them. And not one person, not one of you assholes out there like, I listen to your show, I love your show, but I love your stuff. Not one of you is like, hey, dude, can I buy you a beer? Because you won me said amount of money. Nobody. Nobody. But what will happen is I'll go on a losing streak, pick like four in a row, and you'll be like, you don't know anything. Fade Gottlieb. Give me a little love. Give me a little love. Um, I do want to start today with sad news. And um, I, I think I'll make it make sense to you why I would talk about Toby Keith. Toby Keith passed away at the age of 62 years old. And if you're not a country music fan, you probably are like, okay, country music singer. I sort of remember him a little bit. Um, how do I know that name? Oh, he did Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, right? Do you remember that? You guys remember that song? It was... It was after 9-11, and he wrote a song, and um, it was controversial at the time. And I still think, like, if it played on the radio today, it'd be seen as controversial because there's a line, we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Right? And, again, like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff loaded up there where did we go to war under false pretenses because we were looking for, was it WMDs? Is that what they were called, WMDs? Yes, that Weapon, was it, yeah. Weapons of mass destruction. 
Okay, so you have to like again. This it's really really hard if you're not if you're younger than what do you think, Jace? Two forty, thirty five? Yeah, thirty five sounds good. Because nine eleven was twenty three years ago. So if 35, you're 12. So I even think it's kind of 40 is sort of the cutoff. Okay. But you, when you were, if you were 12 and you're a kid and uh, there was all that craziness with 9-11, maybe you felt some of it. But he, uh, of, in my life, the greatest part about my job and about what I've been able to do in my life is the extraordinary people I've been able to meet. That when I meet them, it's really cool that they actually know who I am before I introduce myself. And Toby Keith is one of those guys. So just a little bit of backstory. Okay, so obviously I went to school at Oklahoma State. Um, and I was, frankly, when I was a kid, I was an Oklahoma football fan growing up in Southern California. I don't know, I just liked the triple option. I just thought it was really cool. And it seemed like every year they would get to, against Miami in the Orange Bowl and lose. But other than that, I loved Oklahoma football. And they were kind of, they were sort of rebellion. You know, I didn't like when they were, you know, shooting uh, machine guns out of the dorms. And uh, they were on the cover selling, selling cocaine and end up bringing down OU's program. But I did, I had a, a, an infatuation with OU's football program. So too did Toby Keith. I'm not sure if people are aware of this. He played in a, like an alumni game or something and broke his leg badly. Um, there was also a USFL team in Oklahoma, and I can't remember if he tried out for that team, but he was a guy who was a big old dude, you know, 6'3 or something, uh, who loved Oklahoma football, loved Oklahoma sports, owned um, a, a golf course down there called Belmar, which is a really, it's a linksy style course. And But he was just a regular guy. And so, again, like, I'll give you three songs and I could go. I could go through the, his catalog and tell you all of these songs. I still get emotion, uh, emotional talking about them because they're. It's a little bit of, of a soundtrack of my life uh, from the time that I stepped foot in the Sooner State. Because at Oklahoma State, and I think they brought back this tradition. They did away with it a couple years ago because he's seen as an OU guy. But at Oklahoma State, when you win in basketball or football, they used to play. Should have been a cowboy. Should have been a cowboy. Should have lit a rope in the ride. Right? And, uh, again, let's that soundtrack to playing at Gallagher-Iba, which uh, was our, as our home arena. It was 6,400 people, and you beat the shit out of somebody, and then all of a sudden you're shaking hands, and you would hear, should have been a cowboy, and the entire arena was singing. All this stuff you hear about people singing, right? You got country roads at West Virginia. You know, other places singing Sweet Caroline, right? At Oklahoma State, they, we sing Should Have Been a Cowboy after winning a game. So, again, there's two songs. And then, uh, in all candor, uh, there's a song that I, uh, I, my ex-wife and I, like, we met. That was, like, one of the first songs I ever sent her was a different song called Yet. So, all of these things. And then, you fast forward to later on in life. My first job in radio was with WWLS, the sports animal, which is still the number one station in Oklahoma City. And my partner was a guy named Mark Rogers, who still does what's called the middle of the day show. We call it the Mod Squad, middle of the day show. And Mark is really, really close with Toby and with uh, Toby's like right hand guy. And so a couple years later, like when I was first working at ESPN, 
Toby came to Hartford to play, and Mark hooked it up, and I got to go and meet Toby Keith. And when I went to go and meet Toby Keith, he walked in. He's like, Doug, good to see you, man. And we sat down and just talked and had a beer. And I saw him perform in Oklahoma City, I think it's going back a couple years ago, uh, at his bar. He's I love this bar, which is one of his, which, which is... Um, uh, I, I went to uh, I, I, the I Love This Bar, and he was up there singing one night. And then he sang at this other kind of like private show, and we hung out together a little bit. Again, Mark told me uh, that, that he was there. And the, the thing I love about Toby is it's a little bit of the why I appreciate Travis Kelsey risen up Taylor Swift. It's a real thing. Okay, And I don't know how you guys feel about it, and honestly, I think most people's perception is way off. I view sports, one, I'm a competitor. I hate to lose more than I love to win. I fucking hate losing. Um, And it gives me a chance to be competitive. A scoreboard gives you a chance to win something. Like We all get up and go like, I want to win the day, but who really judges if you won the day? You do. I like when the the world judges with a scoreboard. And sometimes you you learn a lot more, obviously, from a loss than you do from a win. But regardless of the point. But the other thing that sports brings us is, like, it, it's, a, it's a tie that binds. You know, if not for going to Oklahoma to play basketball, I would not have met Toby Keith, befriended him, and been able to go to his shows and learn about his songs and learn about his life and hear him, you know, spout his thoughts. And I don't agree with all of his shit, and no one agrees with all of my shit. You know, that's what happens. What happens is like, well, well, he thought this politically. All right, good. That He's a grown-ass man. He can think what he wants, and I can think what I want. Toby was a good, good human being. Really good human being. And we were all, I remember when Wayman Tisdale died, like, obviously, Wayman, if you grew up in Oklahoma, or if you grew up an Oklahoma basketball fan, I did actually as well. Like, Wayman is the GOAT for Oklahoma basketball and one of the, another just incredible human being. And, and... A great musician. But the, the thing I loved about Toby was he used the fact that he was a singer-songwriter. Like, he wanted to be around Oklahoma football, so he did. He loved playing golf, so he bought a golf course. He liked going to big basketball games, so he'd go. Like, the, the reason that we play, the reason that we try to succeed as human beings is not for the money. The money's cool, but it's more that you get to do all this other fun shit. And it's a great perspective, I think, to have. It's like, for me, Mondays at the Super Bowl in Vegas when it's raining, it kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I got three kids. They're four hours from here. I would love to be hanging with them. I got friends like, and it's not that I don't like my people here, but it just, it's a little bit of a lonely feeling. And you know that you're going to be tired by the time everybody else gets to town, so you're going to want to go home. But the point is that if you can have this perspective, of, hey, yeah, I would like this to be different, or I don't like that it's raining outside, or I hate that I'm here on a Monday. Now it's a Tuesday, obviously. But I get to go and go to the Super Bowl, and if there's a party going on, I can literally go to it. I All these people who I revere watching on TV or radio, I... I introduce myself, but I don't necessarily have to. I get to, if I want to go to a Super Bowl, I can go to a Super Bowl. I literally have turned down going to Super Bowls. Like, who thought of that when they are a kid? That you could just go like, no, I don't want to go to a Super Bowl. And the point is, it's like you get to a point in life where you have this perspective of, man, 
this is really cool. All this other shit that I get because I just do a job where I talk into a microphone. I used to help somebody else put a ball into a hoop, right? And Toby had that where he understood that the singing and the songwriting and all that other stuff, the cool shit was he could play golf with whomever he wanted. He could go to sporting events wherever he wanted. And he lived that way. And it's the same thing with this Travis Kelsey thing. Just ask yourself, if you were a single guy, right, and you're a football star, and you're like, you watch it, like, haven't you ever watched a movie? And be like, what would it be like to take that girl out? Everybody has their, the, everybody has, the, even married guys have the list, right? And, of course, wives have the list as well. But, like, what would it be like to be able to go, like, I'm going to ask out Taylor Swift and take her out on a date. And all of your guys would go, ah, you're out of your fucking mind. No way. She's not going out with you. Right? You're like, all right. Watch. And then he did it. And now she comes to his games. Like, that's a, amazing. That's the beauty of sports. That's the beauty of what we do. And it's something that I think Toby got a long time ago, which is like all that stuff is cool, but really what's super cool about what we do, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to put myself on Travis Kelsey or Toby Keith's like level like in any way, okay? But it's the doors that it opens. It's the people that you meet. It's the places that you go. It's the other things that make it worthwhile. Honestly, that's the hardest part about having the thought, like, everybody goes like, well, you know, you ever thought about doing something else? Like, yeah, except, like, I do so much cool shit on a yearly basis. People know this. I read the reads. We, we do, uh, we have a campaign with, with the graduate hotels. And it's been great. And so, you know, I've done, like, I've gone to, like, five of these hotels so far. And because uh, we have a partnership they always give me the best room in the place. Like, how cool is that? Like, I took my daughter to Nashville. She had an audition for Belmont um, for their music school. And they have a, literally right down the street, because Belmont is right next to Vanderbilt. They have a graduate hotel right there. It's so cool. And we got literally the best room in the spot. And so she's like, Dad, this is, they're really treating us great. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, to show off for your daughter. Again, those are the things that make what we do cool. So, Anyway, the point is when you go home tonight and you flip on the news, whatever, or you see on Twitter that Toby Keith died, just know that somebody who uh, went to a rival school and um, got a chance to know him swears by Toby Keith as a guy, right? And here's one more expression I'll let you in on. I don't know, Jay Stu, if you have any friends who do this. I have a really good friend who um, he has this expression when it's a – a, a dude that you would like to hang out with. He's one of us. Right? He's one of us. And feel free to use that with your friends as well. And I think you know what it means. And one of us does not mean that he's going to be your best friend. One of us just means if we're in a room with him, it's not uncomfortable. You know? He, he may have a different... Like, one of us... You can have a different sexual orientation, a different religion, a different... Um, uh, uh, background in terms of where you're from or even politically, but just the ability to hang, be a chameleon, be a normal, regular dude or lady, one of us. 
You ever use that, or do you have a different way of expressing that, Chase, too? No, no, I, I've used that, and it's also been used ironically on social media over the past years because you'll see some story about, I don't know, Leo DiCaprio complains that his, his boiled water's too hot, and it'll be like hashtag one of us, or you know, they're, they're just like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, they do, they're just like us, but this is a little different where one of us. He's he, he's 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 one of ours. He's he's right. Like that's all because we all know that even like uh, here, like Russell Wilson is not one of us. He's just not good example. That is yeah. the it's perfect example. It's like Russell and and it doesn't mean that Russell Wilson's a bad guy. Okay, it doesn't mean he has a black heart. There are people with black hearts out there, but I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He's just not one of us. Right? tries really hard to put, but a lot of people want to put out a front, put out an image, because frankly, that's what the world still calls for. I, I know that there's a certain level of authenticity that we crave, but we really don't know how to necessarily take it. I mean, Zach Greinke is the perfect example of it, right? Zach Greinke was famous for saying, like, I, I like playing for the Dodgers, but if somebody wants to offer me $200 million, I will go pitch for them. And that's what happened with the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? Like, it's the most real shit ever. And yet some people aren't really ready to handle that. But when you cut away that, like one of us will gamble on a game. One of us has screwed up a relationship. You know, one of us has, has you know, drunk dial an ex. One of us has gotten thrown out of a bar or thrown out of a school, uh, gotten fired for a job, said something inappropriate, right, just to try to be, try to be funny. Right? What, you know what one of us is. And... Honestly, for now on, we'll do this, Jay Stu. This is going to be a, you, I know you listen to this podcast. I know you're one of us. If in the future, when we interview, and this week's a perfect example, we'll interview people, and I'll let you know which of these guys or ladies are one of us when they leave the set. Like Ryan Reynolds, I remember I was at CBS, and Ryan Reynolds sat down, and uh, I was lucky. I got like five minutes before the interview, and then he was there for a couple minutes because he was stalling to avoid another one. And we were talking, and we were just talking about kind of guy shit, Super Bowl, and things he had to do. And I was like, he's one of us. He's a regular dude. And Matt Ryan, kind of same way. But not every guy is. And even sometimes the guy who puts out the front of being one of us, like I'm regular, those are usually the guys that are not. But Toby Keith was. And uh, cancer sucks. Took my dad. It took this man who I consider a friend, and uh, I'm just left here with uh, a a flood of memories because, in truth, um, if I were to tell you, like people ask all the time, like who's your who's your what's your favorite song? Who's your favorite artist? I don't know if there's one who could I could point to whose songs. Demark a gigantic portion of my life since 1997, more than Toby. All right. Um, so I'm sad, but I wanted to share that with you. Now let's get to Super Week because we had Media Day yesterday, and it's really interesting. They they don't call it Media Day anymore. One because it's a night. Instead, what do they call it? First night or opening night? Opening night, yeah. Opening night. Did you go, Jay Stu? I did not. Did I did not go. It's kind of one of those things, Doug. You talk about one of us and all this stuff, but I, it's one of those things where I think if you do it once, you don't have to do it again. 
I think it's a really cool I, I experience. Love I said so that. I, I was on again. the elevator on the way down. Uh, and, and just so you know, we're at Radio Row. Radio Row, kind of, this is really cool. It's at the Mandalay Bay. And the Mandalay Bay is right across from uh, uh, there's the, the, the I-15. You go under I-15, and literally there's the stadium. So it's really good location. But uh, So we're staying here. And I'm on the elevator down, and there was a guy who was like, did you go to that you go to that big thing last night? I was like, oh, it's called the opening night, but it used to be called media day. Yeah. And I was like, no. He's like, well, should I have gone? I was like, well, have you gone before? He's like, no. I was like, well, you should go once just to say you went. But then once you go, you realize uh, this shit's a waste of time, right? Because now we don't need media availability like we used to, right? I mean, part of it is we don't need that. We People are available on the media right here on your phone. You know, they can, you can interview people on major networks from their phone, from an iPad, from wherever. So it's a little bit of a dated thing, and it's more of a show than it is having. And I'll tell you what it mirrors. In the, in the Final Four, it used to, when I was a kid, the coolest thing about the Final Four was teams get to practice in the Dome um, on the Friday before the Saturday night games. And what you should know about the Final Four is it's the convention for college basketball coaches. And so high school coaches go there for clinics. College coaches go there as well. And so what used to happen was you go to the Final Four, you go to the Dome or the site, of the, and they'd have the practices, and there'd be thousands of coaches taking copious notes over the drills they were seeing run. Okay, but now because a lot of these coaches are super tight, they, don't, they just do dunk contest. They go and do a practice at a private gym. You know, they, other, you play in a Dome at other times in the year. It's not as special. So... Now it's one of those, are the practices really cool? Not really. Not really. But you should still go once to see what it looks like to have a team practice in front of 70,000 people. That's the parallel to it. But there wasn't much gain from it. I, I will tell you, I, I actually think the two moments from opening night or media day that I remember in my life the most. You ready for them, Jay Stu? Okay. One is the... Marshawn Lynch. Remember, he was avoiding it. I'm just here to not get fined. No, I'm just here to not get fined. Right? I'm just here to not get fined. And I'm here so I won't get fined. Right? And he did an interview. It was with Deion, was it Deion Sanders, I think? I think it was Deion Sanders working for the NFL Network who was able to go and, pull, and, and walk behind a curtain and interview him. That Good. sounds familiar. I, no. I think if we go search on YouTube, somebody search on YouTube, I think you'll find it's Deion Sanders... That's Coach Prime, was working for the NFL Network, and he was able to get Marshawn Lynch to talk, and he didn't really say anything other than the famous line, I'm just here so I don't get fined. The other one is the Tom Brady one. Do you remember what Tom Brady said when he was asked who his hero is? Um, no. All right, so here's what I want you to do, uh, Sam. If you could Google that real quick. When you find it, uh, you will know. And it's literally the coolest, greatest response in sports history. Okay? Because if I asked you, Jay Stu, who's your hero, what would your answer be? My old man. Would it? No. Oh. That was his answer. Should be. Should be. Good. Good for him. What year was this? Is the first Super Bowl? No, no, no. This was probably... I, 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 it feels like it was the one against Seattle that they won. Hmm. That would be my guess. That's about the timeline. 
Here's here's Tom Brady, and you can Sam, you can find the date for us after a while while it's playing. Go ahead. Who's my hero? It's a great question. Well, I think my dad is my hero because he's someone that I look up to every day, and uh, my dad. I'd say my dad represents his feelings. Um, you know, because he's. You know, he's a dad, and, you know, I'm a dad, and uh, so, yeah. He, 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 you could feel the emotions of what he was saying. That's a great poll. Huh? That's a great poll. That, I, I know there have been more inflammatory quotes. There were some even yesterday and whatever. Those are the two I remember the most. No, that was awesome. Yeah. And what is that for, for me with Tom Brady? He's one of us. Right? I hope so. No, I, I think he is. I think, I think when he got white boy wasted after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa, like that felt like, <laughs> right? So it was 2017. How did I do 2017 Super Bowl? Was that the... Which one was that? Was that, that the Falcons? Eagles? That was the Falcons' comeback. Falcons. That's yeah. why they came back and won. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is the greatest football game I've ever seen in my life. It's hard to match that one. And I'll tell you why it's hard to match. Because the Falcons could not have been any better to get that 28-3 lead. And lost in it. I talk about this all the time. Julio Jones made a catch in that game. Um, if you remember, they were up to, I, I don't know if they were up 20, I think they were up 28 to 10. And they were driving, and Julio Jones made this ridiculous catch. It is, by my estimation, I know the Edelman catch when he was on the ground later in the game when the ball was popped up in the air was, was I mean, the most miraculous catch. But in terms of skill, the Julio Jones catch. Now, had they simply run the football three times in a row, and kicked a field goal, they would have gone up a third score, the, or another score, and the game would have been over. But lost in that game was the Julio Jones catch, which was freaking ridiculous. The Falcons played great. And, and Tom Brady could not have been worse. And then they flipped it and won the game. And again, this is where you personalize the memories. Um, until that point, that was... Uh, that was uh, 2017, right? So I'm living in Westport, Connecticut. So at that point in time, my children had lived in Connecticut for my girls. They were like, what, 11 at the time? So they had lived nine years in Connecticut. My son was eight at the time and lived six years in Connecticut. So they were like Patriot fans. Um, my son loved the Giants because of Odell Beckham Jr. That's why we named the dog Odell, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. Right, but we all love the Patriots, and I just couldn't be a Patriots fan because I'm a Charger fan. I just don't think you could switch fandom like that. So it's thirty, it's twenty-eight to three, and I tuck my kids in bed, and all of them were like, "Dad, if the Patriots come back, will you wake us up?" And I'm like, "Sure, whatever," you know. But it's Sunday, it's a school night, it's Connecticut, it's late. So then it's twenty-eight to ten. I'm like, ah, they're fine. Then it was like twenty-seven. I was like, ah, they're fine. Then it got close. I'm like, man, they've been asleep because they've been asleep for like an hour. So honestly, my feelings were, 
if I woke them up after them being asleep for an hour, well, now they never go back to sleep, right? Because you know how that is. If you just fell asleep and somebody wakes you up, then you go back to sleep. But you've been asleep, you get to REM sleep and somebody wakes you up, you're never going back to sleep. To this day, if you go to my children and you're like, Give me one thing from the Super Bowl you remember. My kids be like, my dad didn't wake me up when the Patriots came back and they were down 28-3. to Literally have not given that up. And they weren't really, I, I don't remember them being that into the game. We were into the game, but they were so devastated. They were down 28-3 to that they easily went to bed. But all three of them, and my girls like, Harper at the time was, she was, she was a huge Tony Romo fan from the time she was two years old. Unlike Jay Stu. And uh, anyway, Tom Brady's answer is the greatest answer, in my mind, in Super Bowl opening night history. And when I hear it, I think he's one of us. And it's literally the only thing that I think that's positive you can take away from opening night. Did anything else go down last night that's worth discussing? I think that I just think that Travis Kelsey kind of won me over. Travis Kelsey was asked about uh, his girlfriend and the fact that she won a Grammy, and he had the perfect answer. He's like, "It's amazing. She's setting records, and that that puts the pressure on me to win on Sunday to set more records." And then he's, he's he was asked, um, "What uh, have you heard her new album?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's incredible." I don't believe him for a second. I don't know if he likes her music. I can't imagine a, a grown man liking Taylor Swift music, but I love the fact that he's got her back. And it reminds me of how well he's handled this whole season. The fact that he had that performance in the AFC title game with all of the shit around him this season, I think just like, I, I, th I think it made his performance, it was a perfect performance. It made it even better, I think. Okay, I'll give you another thing about Travis Kelsey. So I know Travis a little bit. Um, People forget he had a reality show where he dated, was it 32 women? I, you've mentioned this before, and then I looked it up. I think it was all 50 states, or maybe 48, the 48 landlocked states or whatever. Um, so he was promoting the show and doing some filming in New York. So I had him on, I think, twice on CBS Sports Radio and on CBS Sports Network. And again, like, this is before... Travis was, this is before they went out and started winning Super Bowls. So he was a really well-regarded tight end, but no one considered him like a Hall of Famer or the greatest tight end of all time. And, and I don't know if people know this, Travis Kelsey played basketball at Cincinnati as well. He, he was on the basketball team. So there was the connection. I'd covered a couple of his games, whatever. And he's just a great, like, regular dude. Um, I do think he's probably listening to her new album. I think he's kind of in on this stuff. By the way, you want to... You want to, um, I, I well up with a song called 15. That's a Taylor Swift song. My girls used to be really into Taylor Swift when they were really little. And 15 is a song about basically a teenage girl who gets her heart broke for the first time ever. Right? It's the things that you're going to go through when you're 15. And when you're a dad, you start thinking about your daughter getting her heart broken, knowing it's going to happen. Right? Uh, it, I, that, that's the one that jumps out to me. But I, I, I like Kelsey. And do I, did I like, I didn't like the, you got to fight for your right to party thing. That was, that, that seemed really cheesy and like you're trying too hard. I think this stuff is, you're not trying nearly as hard.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a&e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote the wait is almost over Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Let's get to what the Fox said. And now... Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio every day at this time on the Doug Gottlieb show. We play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports One. Here's Dan Patrick and Troy Aikman talking about Brock Purdy. If you were going to give Brock Purdy advice this week, what would you tell him? You know, the advice that I got before my first Super Bowl was really just to be as prepared mentally as you possibly could be so that so that you could just go play. And, you know, the advice that a lot of people give is, hey, treat it like any other game. It's it's not like any other game. And anyone who suggests that it is hasn't played in the Super Bowl. Uh, you, you don't arrive a week early for any other game. And obviously the attention. Uh, but for him, trying to keep the week as normal as possible, and that's hard to do. But my guess is that's his approach every week and, and he'll be able to get it done. But, you know, Dan, the thing that I'm always most interested in seeing, Patrick Mahomes has been in these games, so, you know, he won't be as affected as much. But someone like Brock Purdy, who hasn't, uh, how do they handle the ball early in the game? You know, what what do you see from them? What's their demeanor? Is the moment too big for them? But I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it. Um, I am, too. I am, too. This is what we call a main court game. And I liken it to AAU basketball. So here's what happens to AAU basketball. And it's not as much the same now because most of these events are played at these uh, facilities that have like 30 courts. But the way it used to be, especially here in Las Vegas. Okay, so pick a uh, Chaparral High School. All the high schools here have these really cool high school gyms. And then they have an auxiliary gym. 
Okay? And the dudes, if you're a dude, if you're on one of the big teams in AAU, if you're a highly recruited, highly touted guy, you ain't playing no aux gym unless, you know, you lose a bunch of games and you tank or whatever, and then the aux gym is for the other guys. It doesn't mean that those guys don't eventually become players, but the main gym guys, there's a different level of attention to it. Um, this is a game where everybody cleans up their neck, their neckline. You know, everybody's got all their special stuff. You're, it's a different level. Um, additionally, and this is the thing that could bother Brock Purdy, and we've talked about it on the radio show. It's a real thing. They don't like to call penalties at the Super Bowl. The defensive backs know, know this. So the defensive backs grab and hold, and that's one of the reasons that Peyton Manning in the playoffs traditionally has struggled because he was a timing-based guy. Everything was based upon timing. He could look at a defense, know exactly what to call, call the exact right play, throw it to the exact spot where the guy is going to be open, but the timing would be off slightly because it was all based upon timing, and the timing's different when you're able to grab and hold. I think the challenge to Brock Purdy is going to be that you can't throw to a spot nearly as easily in the Super Bowl because they let defensive backs grab and hold. Here's LeVar Arrington and Brady Quinn talking about Travis Kelsey. He's got the commercials. He's got the girl. I mean, he's got Patrick Mahomes. I just think that this could be, this could possibly potentially be a moment in time where you see a guy like George Kittle step up, mm -hmm. have an amazing game, and then his clout meter goes off the chart. All right, we'll, we'll print that. It goes off the chart. I, I think the interesting thing about Kelsey is, and, and after opening night, if you guys saw the crowds around the booths, Kelsey had the biggest one. Mm. Like oh, we're talking yeah. about arguably a quarterback who's putting his name up there with some of the all-time greats and, and Patrick Mahomes. And the attention that he's gotten this season for his personal life and who he's decided to date has completely changed the dynamics of the NFL. Viewership, all that. It's kind of it's crazy if you think about it. Uh, yeah. It is kind of crazy when you stop and think about it. It's honestly nuts when you stop and think about it. That as big as the NFL is, you start to realize Taylor Swift is way bigger. And, and so here's, I had this discussion with a friend last night. What's the difference between Taylor Swift and Jack Nicholson? What's the difference between any of these other stars that have always gone to the biggest sporting events and Taylor Swift. And here's what we came up with. Taylor Swift has a cult-like following. Literally a cult-like following. And uh, that cult had not had anything to do with the NFL until they started dating. Um, I mean, and like literally she could command the people who follow her to never watch something, and they wouldn't do it. Like, it's crazy. But she is that powerful. I mean, my, my brother took, uh, my niece is a, is a singer-songwriter, and uh, it, my, my brother spent, he spent a crap ton of money. I got him tickets to see her at SoFi. And, I mean, she saw her, she just started bawling when she saw her. Just literally started crying. Like, the videos you see, remember Michael Jackson when he would go to Asia when we were kids and people would just start crying? Like, they do that now for Taylor Swift. So, I think it's really amazing that we inside of sports all think this is the biggest thing 
and then you realize there's something way bigger, and then this one little relationship has brought that cult of people, at least on some form or fashion, into the sport. Kind of crazy. Here's Keyshawn Johnson talking about the Bears and Caleb Williams. When you look at everything in, in totality, do you really want to move on from someone that you never really gave an opportunity and a chance to at the quarterback position to draft something that is really relatively unknown? And another thing that I really don't like about quarterbacks is I always look at their top winning percentage against top teams. Caleb went to USC. I love him for coming to USC and winning the Heisman and almost getting us into the Final Four until we got blew out last year against Utah and, and wasn't all his fault. He got hurt in the game. Other guys got hurt. But his, his lifetime record in college football over three seasons, he's 2-6 and six against top 15 teams. That, that's always a concern. It just is. That's, all, that's, one of those, that's one of those check boxes when you're evaluating quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, 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 I get Keyshawn, I know Keyshawn's super tight with everything USC. Um, he was fine in big games at Oklahoma. Uh, he wasn't as good in big games this year. He probably regressed. They didn't have a great team around him. He tried to play hero ball, do it himself. But it's like, you know, I mean, Tennessee didn't win a national championship till Peyton Manning left. Right? T. Martin won him a national championship. He couldn't beat Florida. Does that mean we, Peyton Manning, was that somehow a precursor for, no. No. So, I, I just, it takes a lot. College football sometimes takes more than just one guy. And I, I think that he, do I think that there was, he tried to do too much that he was playing hero ball? Of course. But you have enough of these people evaluate and say he's got this level of goods in him. He's got toughness. He's got smartness. I don't think he wants to play for the Bears. I think what happened was Colin knew something that he probably wasn't supposed to say, that he said it, and everybody's like, no, 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 we want to play for the Bears. Fine. Because just the public backlash would be so great. He, he doesn't want to play for the Bears. You know? He's from D.C. He'd like to play for the Commanders. Or for the Raiders and play indoors and live in Vegas. Like, you know what? The Bears, think about it. When was the last Bears great quarterback? There wasn't one. Hasn't been one. I think Caleb knows that. I just think it's unpopular to say it. And the cat's gotten out of the bag because of his dad said something earlier in the year. And now Colin said something. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's welcome in. He's here on behalf of Signal Relief. But, of course, when you walk around this place and you authored one of the great runs in Super Bowl history, as well as to those of us who remember what preceded Baltimore, which was like my favorite offense to watch uh, in my lifetime, was probably the Vikings team before he left for the Ravens. It's Brian Billick. He, of course, is the coach. He's joined us all year long. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you for that. That was so, nice. Well, when you walk around, okay, and you think, like, it was 24 years I ago. I know. Uh, you look back. I was, was just on with uh, Solomon Wilcox. I've yeah. known Solomon for 50 years. Yeah. So if you know somebody 50 years, that's old. Uh, it is. It's great. It's great to be back in this environment because it does remind you of the energy and everything that goes on in the Super Bowl. But 25 years ago, that, that was a special time. Okay, so uh, this is interesting because you were hired – you're an offensive wizard. 
Okay, that team was known for their defense, but there's this perception out there now, and you can tell me if it's accurate or not accurate because you know way more about the league than I do, that you got to hire an offensive guy. Okay, got to have, have a young quarterback, offensive guy, offensive gurus win. Um, and, I, you know, look, Andy Reid, obviously, great offensive background. Uh, and then you look at the other side, Kyle, great offensive background. But we've seen plenty of defensive coaches. Uh, Dan Quinn, of course, sure. got a team here. Uh, they had a 28-3 lead. Now he's with, with, with Washington. When you take over as head coach and your specialty is offense, how much of that, how much of your time actually do you get to dedicate to what you're specializing in and how much has to be dedicated to everything else? Well, all of the above. You have to learn very quickly you become a head coach that you're the head coach. And it is now. We're, we're in a time. It's a general manager's league right now. So they're hiring these young offensive coaches basically as coordinators. To kind of – they can control them a little bit as Correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's not that that's a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. It's just it, you're going to – you know, I always say if you have lunch with Sean McVay or, or Kyle Shanahan, you're a head coaching candidate, okay? Um, <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh but there are a lot of good young defensive coaches out there as well. And, and, and that's where organizations have to decide. Do I want to hire a head coach, truly a head coach, like Washington has done? Or do I want to hire one of these young guns who's going to do that? And then we'll wrap around him the right defensive coordinator and the right structure to do those other things. But we're really hiring him to be that, that, that brilliant strategic play caller. Okay, And whether that's valid or not, obviously there's success doing it both ways. That is where we are right now. And that's, that's the formula that a lot of people are going to uh, rely on. Okay. You, you've lived so many different lives as a coach. Let me, let me call on one that uh, first when you won the Super Bowl, you had – um, you had a guy who uh, was seen as like the game manager, right? And uh, all candor, like we work together at ESPN. We're really right. good friends. He's coached now at UAB. But um, the idea of having a guy, and he obviously had a lot of talent. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been a top right. five pick in Tampa back in the day. But what is, what, what is your approach like when you have a loaded team, right? And you, you just don't lose me the game. Right. But yeah, he still has to make plays. Like, what's that like in relationship coach to player? That's a fine line to walk. And, and if that's the way you're going to win, you have to remember 25 years ago when we won ours, then Tampa and New England. That was one with defensive teams and quarterbacks, Trent Dilfer, uh, uh, Brad Johnson, excellent, solid quarterback, and then a young Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who was, who was managing the game at right, the time. Right, at that right. time. There's not the Tom Brady that we know is the go. Because we are, we we we're in a void of the great quarter. We were coming out of the Marino, Elway, Montana years. We had not yet come into the Brady, the Breezes, and Elway too. The oh, Elway, no. yeah, yeah. Elway El- El- had just ended too. Right. So there was, and so you could win with that with that manager. Uh, in today's game, quarterback plays too dynamic. You, you got to have that guy. Doesn't have to be a Hall of Famer, uh, but to win with that type of profile. But the key is, and that's why Trent Dilfer was the perfect quarterback for us because Trent understood that, okay, this is maybe the greatest single-season defense in the history of the game. We can run the ball. We were second in the league in rushing. If I don't turn it over and can make just a couple key plays, we win 17-10, 21-10, 14-9, you know, that type of thing. And Trent bought into it, and he did it. Uh, and that's the reason we were able to win. Because, and he did it at a time because Trent was at a point in his career where he really needed to do more to get that next contract. And, yeah, sure. and, the, and so I, Trent was the perfect quarterback for us in that situation. I always tell you, there's, there's, there's always 
two, there's two kind of people in this world. The people that go, I can't believe Brian Billick won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. <laughs> and the kind of people that go, I can't believe Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with Brian Billick coaching. <laughs> so, so it's either way. Um, that roster, if yeah. I remember it correctly, was as good as any roster there may be in sport. Like for people who forget, like you, you did have Shannon Sharp. Right. right, you did have Jamal Lewis at his peak. Right, at his peak, who was a great runner. And then you go to the defensive side, and you just had like an all-star team. Well, I, Jonathan Ogden, Jonathan left Ogden left tackle. But Hall then you're right. We had what we had is we had studs and great players at every level. So okay, so what is that like to manage? And some of that you had had some experience right. when you're in Minnesota because you had superstars there, but maybe not the same kind of depth of it. And look, part of it is. And I think some of it was you allowed it. Some of it was who they were as people. There's a lot of ego and bravado right. in that Ravens locker room. And how'd, you, how'd you manage that? We had to embrace that. How? Basically by letting them be who they are. I made it real clear to those guys coming in. And they had to get used to it, to trust me, that, look, if you act like men, I'm going to treat you like men. If you act like kids, I'm going to treat you like kids. We had no bed check, no curfew all year long. We got to the Super Bowl, had no bed check or curfew. People thought, oh, the Billick's lost it. They're going to just get annihilated. That's what my team could do. They bought into that because you gave them the authority, the Ray Lewis's, the Rod Woodson's, the Shannon Sharps, that the other guys were going to follow along. <laughs> just think all those guys Oh, on my one God. Team. You, and I, I could, you know, you put Shannon and I in a room, we'll suck the oxygen out of a room in a New York second. So there were a lot of personalities, but they were professionals. And they were hardworking. And they understood what we needed. Tony Saragusa was really, along with Ray, of course, was really one of the incredible leaders on the team. Because sure. Tony was Tony was a pain in the ass to coach. Because he, you know, he burned it at both ends, and he's going to test you. But Tony, when it was time to work, you worked. He was your Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. He was, he was right. your Draymond. He, he, and the other guys saw it. Okay, if Tony, who's always pushing and talking to this, that, and the other. and doing, But, okay, it's time to work, guys. They fell in line. They knew this was time to work. This is time to play. And that was the hallmark of that team. Uh, okay. Um, then you had Kyle Bowler. Yeah. And that had limited success but, but, but didn't work. You look at how San Francisco's using Brock Purdy. Yeah. And obviously, again, kind of like your 2000 team, surrounded by like an all-star yeah. cast. And he hasn't played well now, like probably five of the eight quarters in the playoffs. But in the two fourth quarters, he's played really Correct. well. Correct. And that's the key. I mean, the, he's not going to lose that game manager, system quarterback moniker for a lot of reasons. One, he's Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. He's in a system that's very well defined, and they use him brilliantly. I love Brock Purdy, and I love what he's done. And he has delivered. Like you said, that's the key. Are you Okay, the game manager role is not one you really want laid on you because that says that. But if the game falls to you and you got to throw it 45 times, you can't win. Brock Purdy can win. And the fact that he's got talent around him. You know, uh, Troy Aikman is one of the great game managers of all time in the sure. Hall of Fame. And sure. I say that respectfully. Yeah. Great system, a lot of talent oh around him. Oh, my gosh. Him, and knew how to win with that. Sure. And certainly capable of doing more. You look at his numbers, and, and it's a little different compared to some of the other numbers of guys. But but – a, a worthy Hall of Famer. So Brock Purdy, I don't know if he'll ever get rid of that call. He's never going to be lumped in with the Patrick Mahomes that are so unique and special, but but he's he is good enough, and he's done it at the critical times. Let me ask you about Pat Mahomes, because this is different, right? Before, he would have to make plays, and he brought him from behind. This year, he's kind of managed the game side. Correct, because right? they got like, the running game. Right, they're at Baltimore. They didn't score a point in the second half. Right. Very, very conservative play calling. Even like, hey, we're, we're good. Right. Our defense, um, what, what does it signify to you that you have a guy who has 
otherworldly talent. We've seen him carry a team with his arm, now kind of dial it back and make the smart play instead of the big play. At and that's what makes him a great quarterback is he doesn't get caught up with the other stuff and recognizes, like I was saying about Trent, this is what it takes for us to win. And as I size up this game, it's, it's, it really tells you the greatness of Patrick Mahomes because that is the answer. You can make, okay, they got McCaffrey, and they're going to run, and physical, make it tough against it. They got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But the, then they can play action, and they're going to go to Debo Samuel, and they're going to kill. They got Patrick Mahomes. Well, they can put a four-man rush in that defense. They got Patrick Mahomes. He, he's whatever legitimate observation you can make about San Francisco and why they're going to win the game, it's the comeback is they got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Signal Relief, you've, you've joined us all year. And the real deal. This, uh, the more I'm around this product, this, this is really something special. This is, and, and this is not a t- tens unit. This is not a patch. You don't nothing you put in your body. Thing I love about this thing: one, it's reusable, very affordable. Two, you put it where you need it. Okay, so it's like, and for people who are on radio, whatever. So it's almost like a triangular shape, but rounded at the edges. It's, I don't even know what you call that. It's shape. a military grade. It basically was built to enhance antenna signals and dealing with antenna signals. Well, pain is nothing more than an electrical signal from the point of impact to your brain. Sure. We say put this between your ba- brain and the pain. It blocks that that signal. So, and here's the important part, so that you can work past the prohibitive pain, the muscle, the you know, uh, uh, joints and injuries and arthritis, they love inactivity. If you can work past that pain with your joints and muscles, that's where the real re- rehab comes from. That's what signal relief does. You put it where you need it. I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to golf. 18 holes of golf, it goes on my lower back. You know, if I get out of the pool, I thought I, it was supposed to go between the pain and your brain. So well, shouldn't it go in your upper back? It goes up. I go on my low because where I feel is my lower back. Right, so I you, put so it just above that. When okay. I get out of the in pool, in between the pain, I just want to make sure it was in between the pain and the brain. I get not out of the, the pain. I get out of the pool. It's my shoulder, my upper back. So you, and that's part of it. You well, find where it, it puts. How does it stay on? It's got an adhesive. That's that's why it's reusable for for a year. You get the adhe- uh, the, the the peel on adhesive. You put it there. You literally put it where you want. It peels off. Then you can peel that. Put the ne- uh, next adhesive. And it works. I tell you what, it, it's the real deal. It, people need to find signalrelief.com promo code coach you get 20% off coach uh, congrats uh, you should always every time you're here you should do that victory lap because it was one of the greatest football teams ever uh, assembled uh, but there's been other great teams that haven't won this game and you guys won it in unique style great thanks for joining Doug, us thank you appreciate it appreciate you it is the Doug- at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Bradley Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We're live at the... Uh, at Radio Row at Mandalay Bay, so we're, I don't know, you could probably, could you hit a driver? Would it roll to hit a legion? I don't know, it feels kind of far, but kind of close. Anyway, Sam Munson joins us. Of course, he's the lead analyst for Pro Football Focus. That's at PFF if you want to tweet at him. Um, give me your thoughts on the matchup. Like, one of the things you guys do a great job of, the numbers. Like, do we have the two best football teams? in the NFL? I think so, probably. Baltimore was the only other one that you would say is in that conversation. We saw what happened, you know, when the Chiefs played them. They justly took their place in the Super Bowl. So I think you have the 49ers who have been the best team this season in the NFC um, outside of a blip, you know, midway through the year where they had that skid when they were without Debo Samuel, without Trent Williams, two of their most important players. And then you have the Chiefs who weren't really the Chiefs all the way through the regular season. But as soon as the big lights come on in the postseason, Playoff Patrick Mahomes, playoff Travis Kelsey, they're a different animal. The Niners are interesting because, again, on paper, dominant team should be a dominant team. But if we're honest with ourselves and, like, look, we get it. Playoffs a little bit different, come out a little bit tight. But, man, they they need a great fourth quarter to beat the Packers. Yeah. And, yes, the Packers beat the Cowboys the week before, but this is the same Packers that fired their defense coordinator for a reason. Right. Right? And, and one that – Jordan Love had some great moments this year. He had some down ones, too, and he's just starting his first year. It's not a perfect team by any account. So to struggle there, and then really they needed, I thought, some uh, a little bit of clock mismanagement, game mismanagement errors from Detroit to come back and win that game. What's been missing with San Francisco from your perspective? Yeah, it's funny. You can look at it two ways, right? You can say they needed a lot of help to win two games against teams that they should be beating based off what the paper, what on paper says, has, sure. you know, all the numbers. The other way of looking at it is, look, Kyle Shanahan has this history of not winning those games, of getting into a hole, of never coming back in the fourth quarter, all these kinds of things. Those were two games that they don't win historically, and they managed to find a way of getting them both done. They get the comeback win against Green Bay, and then they get the huge comeback against Detroit. So I think psychologically it was quite important for the 49ers to find ways of winning those games. So if they do go 10 points down in the Super Bowl against Mahomes, they know they can at least do it. It's, it's obviously it's Mahomes, it's the Chiefs, it's different, but they've got recent experience of coming back in those games. But they can't start as slowly as they've started the last couple of games. They need Brock Purdy to go back to being the guy he was in the regular season as opposed to the version we've seen so far in limited sample size in the playoffs. He can't miss those throws. He can't have a bad first half. He needs to be on from the very first play of the very first drive in the first quarter. Um, so, look, there's this thing that we do with Brock Purdy, and I love it, but then I hate it. And I think, I, I look, everybody loves the story. 
Sure. Right? The Mr. Relevant story. And, and I'm from Orange County. I live in Orange County. And for people who don't know, the Mr. The whole Mr. Relevant thing is a creation of a group in Orange County that they've always taken the whoever the last draft pick is. He has a golf tournament. They do funny stuff. They have a dinner, you know, memorializing him and everything. So I think some of it is if he wasn't if he was just a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick, it'd be a big story, but it wouldn't be as big. Right. Right. Tony Romo was undrafted. Right. This guy at least was drafted. So some of it, I think, is a carryover of how good a story that feels. We love for people in power to be wrong about where they draft. For some reason, that feels good to us as human beings. We just do like, you guys are all fucking idiots. You know, you do it for a living, and here's this kid that played in the Big 12. Everybody saw you. Still all passed on him. But I think some of that has gotten into why we were, at one point, discussing him as the league MVP. Right. So I guess here's the question. Does he have the goods to win this game? He does, yeah. I mean, I think we've seen that this season. The problem is there's no nuance in the world anymore, right? No. He's either, he's either Mr. Irrelevant, he's a fraud, we, we're seeing that now. Or he's, he doesn't or he's the MVP. Lead. Yeah, or he's the MVP, he's the next Joe Montana, he's the next Tom Brady. Correct. And the truth is always somewhere in the middle. He's capable of being as good a quarterback in this offense, which is a league-wide cheat code. We're seeing that, like, the top three guys in yards per attempt this year are all playing in a variant of this offense. Correct. It's the way you run offense in today's NFL. He might be the best quarterback that Shanahan has had in it since at least Matt Ryan was MVP, right? He's Cousins, maybe? Well, it was Cousins. Cousins was that before that, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe the best quarterback he's had in it, and at the kind of level that Matt Ryan was reaching at the peak of this offense. Um, but it doesn't mean he's going to be there all the time, and it doesn't mean he isn't also benefiting from the offense and from George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and all the rest of it, right? It, it's all of it together is what makes the offense so good when Brock Purdy is there. And where I think he brings something special to the table relative to some of these other quarterbacks in this system is his biggest strength is the late in the down improvisational stuff the play's gone to hell brock purdy will find a way of extending it and finding a play so the, the shanahan offense the play design the scheme it's going to find open receivers left right and center it's got answers for days but when it runs out of answers that's when purdy's best asset takes over so i think the sum of purdy and shanahan in this system is actually greater than either one of them just put together. What about Pat Mahomes? How has he actually played? Because he was plagued by drops yep. in the season. Uh, but one of the great things about the numbers you guys can do is you guys can eliminate, like, take away the drops. Right. And actually, were those the right read? Was it the right throw? What are, Your guys' data, what does it say about how Pat Mahomes has played? He played really well in the regular season, and then in the playoffs he's taken his game up a, a notch to another level again. And where he's changed is he's just stopped making mistakes. <laughs> he was already maybe the best quarterback in the NFL at avoiding mistakes, and he's taken it to a completely different level again. He has so far zero turnover-worthy plays in the playoffs. So it hasn't put the ball in harm's way what, so at all. Help us out. What's a turnover-worthy So, play? you know, uh, interceptions, they all go on the quarterback, whether they were the quarterback's no, fault no, I, or not. I get it. We are actually look at the throw and qualitatively decide, was that a good throw, was it a bad throw, was it dangerous, was it safe? If you throw the ball at a cornerback, it's a turnover-worthy play, whether or not he catches it or not, right? We're essentially quantifying those big, glaring mistakes with the PFF grading. So he has, hasn't put the ball in harm's way once so far this postseason. He had the league's lowest rate of just negatively graded throws so any play that's an error you miss the guy by a yard it's not a big play it's not a you know glaring obvious problem but it's a miss he has the lowest league rate of those in the nfl and he's changed that he's gotten better by four percentage points in the postseason so he's, he's already 
the best in the league and has moved it on four points as well. It's amazing stuff. Um, what do you think happens in this game? I think we saw this game already basically in the AFC Championship game. You know, I think the, the 49ers are a great team. So with the Ravens, there's no reason at this point to doubt that playoff Mahomes, playoff Kelsey are not going to get it done. It's the best defense those guys have ever been paired with. And unless Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense has an outstanding game and is able to keep pace, I feel like the Chiefs win the game. I, it's one of those things like, well, how could we ever bet against Pat Mahomes? Certainly and, after seeing it twice right? now, right? And, and Learn and, the lesson. Well, yeah. And, like, again, um, it, the, it's the point that you made, which is adjusting to what you have. You know, whereas in the past when they had Tyreek Hill, they had, a, they had a cheat code. Right. And now when you don't have that cheat code outside of maybe Kelsey, right, just play smart. Eventually you'll get some scores. You have a really good defense. Don't turn it over. Make them beat you. And they're not going to. Yeah, and Mahomes is not like that. What we talked about with the, the lack of mistakes, he's not going to give you anything. He's not going to make it easy for you by doing something dumb, giving you a turnover, giving you a boost. You're going to have to do it by yourself. I, I tend to agree with you. It's one of those we, – we talked about at the start of the season. Like, we're both Charger fans. And, again, like on paper, like, oh, they're good. Like, until further notice, you're going to pick Kansas City to win that division yeah. because they just know how to win. Knowing how to win is the hardest thing to teach. It's the hardest thing to quantify. But the Chiefs know how to do it, and Mahomes has kind of mastered this thing a little bit. And the glimmer of light all the way through the season was, oh, this doesn't look – there's there's signs of weakness. This doesn't really look like the Chiefs' offense. They're making mistakes. And then they get to the playoffs, and they're like, all right, that's that done. Now we're going to go back to being the Chiefs. Uh, for people who don't know about Pro Football Focus and all the things you guys have to offer, what should they know? Yeah, we're an analytics company, right? But the thing that makes us unique is we watch and grade every single play, every single player, so we do things like turnover-worthy plays. We're trying to add this layer of context to just numbers and just box score data to, to really tell you what happened on a play, which helps predicting things, which helps quantifying how good players are, all that fun stuff. Um, I, I, I did say that was the last thing I'm going to ask. Uh, <laughs> one last thing. Uh, people want to say that the reason – I love this – Anytime they disagree with somebody's decision to kick or go for it, mm -hmm. they always say, what's well, analytics? Right. But my thing is, like, uh, Detroit, he didn't one time mention analytics. Right. right? Th those were actually, what did, the what did the data say when they're up 20, what was it, 24 to 10? Did the analytics say he should have kicked the field goal or gone for it? The analytics said the biggest fourth down mistake that Dan Campbell made in that game was before halftime when he took the points yeah. as opposed to going for the touchdown. That's interesting because, again, and I remember I was listening to the, I was listening to the call on the Lions radio. Right. Uh, watching the game and listening on the Lions radio. And the Lions radio is like, hey, in the playoffs, you got the lead, right. take the points. Take the points. Which is why I thought you would have kicked the field goal in the second half. Yeah. Not in the first half. The thing that makes it, the thing, it's always presented in a slightly dishonest way, right? Take the points. It's a really easy slogan. But this is a guy that was like 75% career from that kind of range, right? It's not a gimme. You're not just getting the points. You're getting the attempt at the points, which is maybe a 75% chance, maybe worse given pressure, playoffs, all those kinds of things. So all the analytics is never a hard yes, hard no. Right. It's always... Percentage. There's an edge to this, this yes, side, right? Yes. It's a slightly better way of saying this is the way to go. Now, you, if you're Dan Campbell, you look at all the variables and you say, you know, this guy's hurt, this guy's playing really well. You can change it. You say, I, I think I don't think reason. he looked at any of that stuff. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I think he's just a gut feel sort of guy. Sure. And what, But what's happened in sports is when somebody makes a decision and it's a decision we don't like, we always go, fucking analytics, yeah. what do they know? 
Those right? those calls were close, so even by the analysts. They, they were? Yeah. Was that – what about the – I mean, the last drive was bizarre. I don't know what they, why they ran the ball on third down, right? That was weird. And then, you know, like why I, – I didn't understand any of that. Right, just kick the. I thought that one you kick the field goal early. Right. Then you have the time and the timeouts. You try and you got to get a stop anyway. Yeah. Uh, what did the data say though about the the twenty four to ten uh, going for it? It was it was the the what did, which way did it lean? It I know it doesn't say. It lent it lent uh, go for it on each one of those fourth down decisions. Right. So they were close. So if you look at analyst card, does it just say go for it every time? <laughs> no, like, that's the thing. But go in for those, it. In those ones, they go were all it. slight edges to going for it. But none of them, like, had they kicked the points in any, on any of those attempts in the second half, like, the analytics community, I don't think, would have been outcrying saying, do you guys that's have, an egregious call. Do you guys have, like, an analytics community group text? Yeah, it's like a WhatsApp chat that yeah. we're all in, yeah. <laughs> we decide when to deploy, you know. Get him! Uh, my, I encourage you, if you, everybody says, I love football. I love football. Like, all right, check out Pro Football Focus, because if you don't follow it, if you're not, then you're faking it. That's really because I know all the NFL guys, they follow it. They use it. They have all that all that data, and they find it valuable. I think you will, too. Really appreciate you joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Great work over there. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll check you tomorrow. This is In the Bonus. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.